Welcome to the Wealthy Money Property Podcast, your ultimate resource to unlocking your inner property guru and building a property investment portfolio. Now, introducing your host for the show. Hey, property magicians, welcome to episode 56 of the Property Magicians Podcast. So, My name is Vangile Makwakwa. I'm your host for the show. And I, uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter as Vangile Makwakwa. Find me under everything well, as a wealthy money on Facebook, everything wealthy money related. Join the Facebook group. And with me is my co-host. Hello there. I am Dr. Nanda Prop Doc Mom. Find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, Dr. Miranda, Prop Doc Mom. I am your co-host on the Property Magicians podcast, your only information property podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so Mizo, what are you up to right now? What's up with you? Oh my gosh, I am... Juicy times, juicy times. I am shopping around for a multi-let to add on my portfolio. Oh. And, and I am viewing for properties. And it's fun. It's fun, Vanille. And when people hear you say you are shopping, they are thinking you are buying instantly. Yes. Not really, not really. I am just shopping because I'm fascinated at how many properties are all over the place. Yeah, all the ranges, whether you're looking for a four million rent house or a dilapidated little house, it's all over the place. So it's a good time to shop and shop around. Just know what is available, Mm. whether you have money or not. And I'm encouraging all my mentees on the prop doc mom to do that. Mm. I have even tasked one of them to go and shop for 10 properties because he's only going to make an offer on one. Wow, that is amazing. Yeah, that's the ratio. Apparently, you need to have seen 30 properties for you to consider 10 and put in an offer on one. How much shopping you need to have done? Oh my gosh, wow. I definitely do not do that much. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you properties walk to you, they come to you. So, the rest of us need to. It's but like I as I've said before on the Money Magic series, like this is like my birth story from the womb. Like I don't I don't do work. I don't like I've always said that things need to find me. This is like literally how every property I've gotten has uh found it me. Has, so, actually. Right? Like I've just been minding my business. So guys, remember the Christmas podcast. Um, uh, Mizo and I had I set our intentions, and one of my goals was to buy a building in the CBD. Yeah. Well, our offer to purchase for the building has been accepted. I teamed up with my sister who found I the know. building, right? I <laughs> she was minding her business, and I was like, nah. So, Mizo went to see it. We um, a structural engineer to go see yeah. it. Everybody went crazy said this building is the one 
and so now we have an offer to purchase but um in terms of funding we've hit a bit of a snag so it's been very very interesting taf is saying that they're not funding in that particular area and with COVID times they have slowed down funding they've shut down credit so that's been uh that was kind of like huh and i don't know i haven't i have no panic something in me is like eh something will work itself out you know I so. so i don't really know how to explain it but i'm always one of those people that's like mm, it will work itself out i don't know how i have no wild creative thoughts right now but i know that within the next few weeks something will come up and we'll figure out everything anyway we're in the process of paying the deposit for the building yeah Whew. and we know so yeah from where I'm sitting, because I also know that there are nine, 10, 11, total infinite number of ways of financing a building and yeah. financing the refurbishment of that building so that it's habitable and becomes a residential building. Yeah. I have no panic either. I am sitting here, I'm like, yeah, yeah. remember we found TAF before we knew yes. that there was TAF, right? So yes. we're going to find other funding mechanisms. And I think we'll share that on this podcast just so that people can yeah. see how mechanisms yeah. of funding a property investment happens. Mm. It, can become, yeah. it can come from angel funders. It can come from anywhere. Yeah. It can come from a combination of people funding it because some people yeah. are flush with cash. You have a building. We're going to find a way. So it's going to yeah. be very interesting to walk this path with you girls. Yeah. And I am I'm just so excited. I'm I'm more excited than you guys. You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because my brother offered, he's like, Well, I would be happy to loan you money at 14.5% COVID rate. Listen to that. <laughs> no, guys, I can't. Like, I was like, I, I I really cannot. We cannot go to such extremes, you know? Absolutely. But, Oh it's there these are options i was just like they okay are. at the back of my mind let me remember yeah. that these are also options and there are various ways to put this together exactly to make it and i am sitting here and i'm thinking oh i'm shopping for a multi-lab oh okay what if i go into the building with vanilla and and and, and honey we accelerate this and we start yes. or something like that you get another yeah there are yeah. all sorts of ways to cut up a property deal and i am excited to share it with my mentees and it's, um, yeah. it's incredible. did i tell you also that um we are finishing off my 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 my, my lending site as a prop doc mom because that's where i also yeah. want to yeah that's where all the mentees and anyone listening from any part of the world is able to access me because so far I've just been accessed by South Africans and we are putting all our fees there and all the the contacts and all the information that I share and templates that I share with my mentees are going to be on PropDocMom. So watch the space. You're getting the link soon and we'll put it on the link on Property Magicians podcast as well definitely wow so this is exciting we haven't guys we're so busy with our own property journeys offline (laughs) we're so excited to share with you guys because it's this podcast is changing us in that way as well like you know through being with our guests we're also becoming 
so much more clued in on property, which is why we're also excited to bring you our guest, Jacqueline Zuma. She is from Kenya and she is talking about the continent. I mean, she shares different countries, different investment strategies that work in some countries within the African continent and works with Africans in the diaspora to access the um, a property investment space in various Absolutely. countries on the African continent. So this is Absolutely. such a jam-packed episode. We can't wait yeah. for you to hear it. For you to hear it. And I, I just want to add that when we made the intention for year two, we said we've done South Africa for 52 weeks mm. in, in our first year. And yes, yeah. we had some people from other countries. We had someone from Suriname and Lesotho mm. and Zimbabwe. But we are doing the African continent, 54 countries in Africa. That means yeah. every one of those countries has got a home and a property yes. investment opportunity. So yes. the intention is to bring you Africa on this podcast. And lo and yeah. behold, on episode 56, there's Jackie bringing it on, right? So right? you're in for a treat. You are oh. in for a treat. I cannot wait. This is awesome. Let's go. Let's go. Welcome to the show, Jackie. So nice to have you. <laughs> Thank you. So good to be here. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we are so excited to have you here, Jackie, because, wow, you are going to educate us about various real estate markets on the African continent. This has been our dream forever. In fact, you know? it's one of our big intentions in the podcast for 2020 is that we are actively looking for more women outside of South Africa to South interview. Africa. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so welcome. And can you please tell us about yourself and what you do? Who are you? Well, thanks. That's a, that's a great question. It's so great to be here. I know we've been talking about getting on here and discussing our house, which is property for a while. And you yeah. know, it's taking me a bit of time, but here we are. And I think what, what it, um, I could say I'm a product of many things, you know, mm -hmm. I have lived on two continents, worked in, lived and worked in three, no, four countries actually, because I, I just oh. arrived in the fourth country a couple yeah. of months ago, a few months ago. And <laughs> I am, I would say my, my training, I'm a computer scientist, you know, I, I did computer oh, science, but really my, my passion I'm a people scientist. I just love to know what makes people tick, what drives people, how they can achieve their fullest potential. And, and that, that really, I, I knew that, like, I think straight out of campus, I knew this is what I, I, I love to do. Um, yeah. And I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a speaker, and uh, I like to motivate people. I like to make people think. I'm a wife, a mother, and maybe I could say probably most importantly, I, um, I love Jesus. I think the, the, the joy of my life is actually just seeking to fulfill the God-given purpose that I have on this earth. And yeah, and that's it. That's, it's a learning. It's every single day I'm learning. I, you know, the thing is, I've, I've also been, at, and I've worked for free, you know, there's a, a job I did for a year and a half, just, you know, not getting a salary. And wow. I've also worked to earn six figures, you know. 
yeah. I've been on both ends of the spectrum. And yeah. but most importantly, I think it's just learning, constantly learning, constantly growing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I am having a very interesting time. I'm recording from my friend's house and the dog came to visit. It's fascinated with me on the podcast. <laughs> oh, that's so cute! I was going to say, <laughs> sitting here and it wants to be brushed. <laughs> that's so cute! So amazing! Bye bye. Go. No, you know, guys, I just noticed my my batteries low. Can I just quickly plug in? Look at this. Yes. Look at this, <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's so cute. So guys, we do do video recordings. The videos are going to come out. That's why I can see the dog. Oh my God, that is so cute. His name guys, is Shaggy. He is just so shaggy. cute. He does look like a Shaggy. Is he a up so he looks like our dog? <laughs> Oh no! Wow, Misa is also getting a dog. I guess this is I one know. of those times in life where everybody's getting pets and dogs and everything. Yeah. Ah, oh, if it weren't for the crazy flight fees for pets, I may go that direction. But as it is, no, mm -mm. no, <laughs> can't be spending money on me and a pet to fly. Mm -mm. <laughs> we come all the way to come and visit at my friend's house because Nero has to visit the dogs, right? And Shaggy oh, wow. loves attention, so he comes and greets you, and he wants to be brushed. And oh gosh! Anyhow, are you fine, Jackie? Now with your battery? Um, hold on. I just realized I need to add. I know, you guys. I'm so sorry. Just give me oh, a second. Okay. I need to actually connect my audio because I'm having. A, I'm struggling a little bit hearing. This is better. Yeah. Okay. I need to connect awesome. an audio cable here. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. So guys, you guys know how we roll on the podcast. We could edit the stuff out, but we think it's the real stuff that we want people to see the behind the scenes of what it's like to do a podcast. We've actually been laughing because we were talking pre the podcast that like some of the problems on the African continent Ta-da! Load shedding. Misa had to go to a friend to go record. You know, <laughs> like, this is normal. Earlier today, we recorded another podcast and yes. I, it, the guest was in the car because of load yeah. shedding. That's had cool. to drive to McDonald's, sit in the car and do the podcast. Absolutely. It was awesome. <laughs> it was yeah. awesome though. And we get the work done irrespective yeah. of that. And I think I think we really have to embrace what we've got and still produce what we intend producing. So um Yeah. 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 I'm I love nice. that. <laughs> yeah. We love to show these behind the scenes because we want people to see that. This podcast is not being done from a space of pure perfection. It's yes. being done with our challenges because I think sometimes what happens, Jackie, is that we think that we can't work around the challenges of the countries that we live in, you know, That's and true. we really, really can. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love how you put that. I mean, it's, it's really about making the most of where you are and yeah. not wanting to you know you can't wait until something is perfect before putting it out there yeah. so what we have what we're sharing right now in this forum is yeah. what someone needs right now yes so. definitely so, so i uh misa do you want to ask the next question 
Yeah, absolutely. So Jackie, tell me about your property journey. When did you buy your first property? Were you thinking real estate when you did? And was it in your home country, Kenya, or was it somewhere else? Yeah, that's a great question. In fact, this started with us, me and my husband actually wanting, we wanted to buy property for a long time. And we, we just were never agreed on what, because I was like, let's just apartment. And, and he was like, no, he's going to hold out on his dream. He wants a house with a garden, with its own compound, with such number of bedrooms, a pool would be nice, you know, that type of thing. Like he just wanted to hold out on his dream. And he finally believed that when we got started, that we would be able to actually just buy it cash. You know what I mean? Like not even have to go to a bank or anything like that. So when we did, you know, the thing that actually, uh, I think, pushed us over the edge was that we were inspired by some colleagues. And they, they had this really amazing, um, how do you call it? They had a really amazing approach that they used, which was okay. they would all team up together, five of them. And there were you know, colleagues in the international organization he works with. So they would yeah. team up and then they would take turns raising the funds. Someone would go get maybe a signature loan. Someone would sell off some asset or whatever. And then they would actually go around buying properties, large properties. Oh. You're talking... 20, 30 acre properties, 40 acre, different parts of the country. And yeah, in my home country, Kenya. So he was so inspired by that because just that approach, and this was actually during a a time that he visited, uh, at that time we were working out of the country, but he got to do a mission for a short time in Kenya. And so, um, and the interesting thing is these colleagues were not only buying property in our home country, a couple of them also buying and flipping property in South Africa, by the way. No uh, what? Yeah. No you know, way. Totally. I love so it. flipping, one of them was living there or had lived there, I believe, in socials, buying and flipping. So so we start, I think that's when our property discussion started because after that okay. we, you know, started to look around really earnestly for the type of property we wanted. And then lo behold, a colleague, again another colleague who um, was not Kenyan, but was living and working in Kenya at that time, told us about US dollar loans, you know, foreign currency loans, which really, I know in South Africa, there's there's a huge um, availability of credit, but you know, in yeah. Kenya, yeah. credit tended to be so expensive, so a lot of people were locked out. But foreign currency loans actually made credit more more approach more accessible, right? So you could, yeah. you know, you you get a loan starting from six point five percent per annum. Oh, that's not nice. US dollars. Yeah. Where, so those, oh my gosh. Where yeah, were you guys yeah. getting these loans, these US dollar loans? Were you getting they, it in Kenya or from a US based company or bank? Well, no, those were done in Kenya by a US. I mean, they're actually probably having a US uh, contact. Probably, mm-hmm. I don't know how the bank. Actually, the way that works, probably a financial person would, would tell it better. But the banks in Kenya were able to offer foreign, and still are able to offer foreign currency denominated loans to people yeah. that are based in Kenya, but earning in a foreign currency. But yeah. also Kenyans who are all over the, the country, well, no, who are all over the world. And, and a lot of countries work like this. I know the same is possible, for example, in countries like Ghana, um, yes. in countries like Uganda and Rwanda and yeah. So that's where it started from. And then after that, what then happened is, so we, we applied, uh, this gentleman was able to connect us and we applied for like a pre-approval and then we did get one. And that gave us the budget that we had to work with for our first property. And I think maybe about six months later, we found one. We found a property that met the budget, which we loved. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I always remember that was like, 
um, I would say it was like the birthday gift to, to my husband because oh, really? it was right on his birthday, and um, and we ended we we happened to be in the country at that time, and he saw the property, and he was like, why don't we go and take a look at it? So we dumped the kids and sisters and took a flight to the coast, and yeah, and and the rest was history. The rest is history, I suppose. That's, okay, so where? Awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, amazing. So, I I've never heard of U.S. dollar loans, um, yeah. and uh, in other African countries. So this is new to me, honestly. Um, but I'm also very interested in where was the lo- where was the um, property located? Property. You said near the coast. Was it Mem- Was it Mombasa? Nice yes, the property is in the south coast of Mombasa. It's actually located in Diani. Beautiful, beautiful area. We oh, actually go there. We try to go there annually, but to, all together as a family, as a larger family, you know, my sisters, cousins, all those things, you know. All to, we try to go there at least twice every two years. Yeah, it's, it's in the coast, right? It's actually second row from the beach. So five minutes walk to the beach, um, neighboring huge hotels, and for us i think we bought it as it was like a, a it was like a retirement home in that sense you know it's yeah, something that we okay. so we're comfortable to retire in um okay. when we want to retire Absolutely. but at the same time it's something that can also earn us and you know an income through Absolutely. vacation rentals and that type of thing yeah yeah but so, listen to this i'm fascinated by first property yes you knew you were buying real estate but you go and buy a holiday home. This is going to be very interesting. Go on then. Yeah. <laughs> so that was they actually my question. Is like, <laughs> did you guys, when you were buying this property, were you clear that this was an investment property or did it just later become an investment property? When we were buying it, I would say that we didn't, I think it kind of became an investment property because we realized the potential that it had. Um, I think when we were buying it, we knew, you know how it is, I don't know if, if other people feel the same way, but sometimes for the first home, it can be a little bit, it can be a little bit emotional, like with the, especially in Africa, where it's not so easy yeah. to buy property for whatever reason, but also property is also very much, it's sometimes ancestral, those things that you inherit from your parents, everyone has their, yeah. I call it Fumusha, we call it Ushago. I don't know what you guys call it. <laughs> that you know your ilifa, that one the one that is your yeah. your home so it, a lot of people maybe we as we've grown up we've always kind of dreamed we have this place we can give it over we can give it to our kids when the mm-hmm. time comes or you know we're just we're going to be able to leave that as an inheritance it's ours it's got our name on it so i think a lot of that motivated our first purchase right Mm -hmm. and then the fact that it then became an investment then motivated our subsequent purchases in that sense you know where every everything that we then looked at in the you know to purchase in the next years was something that we felt ticked all the boxes that okay this is something that we know it can generate us an income, but it's also something that if we were to live in it, we'd be happy to, you know, it's something that we, um, it wouldn't be easy. It would be hard to sell because it's attractive enough as a place, whether we're holding it or whether we're selling it, 
you know, it would still be some a place that would be attractive. Yeah. But yeah. I love these questions because they're actually helping me to think more about, yeah, what are those motivations? What is it that we okay. started off? <laughs> I, I sometimes think we I sometimes think we start off completely accidentally. I, you know, yeah. maybe for a lot of things in life. Think about your career. I mean, I'm gonna be I look <laughs> back at career, I look back at friends' careers, like if you think about it. What really motivates what career you get into for a lot of you people? Into, mm. It might not even be your first job. It might actually no, it might not actually be what you studied, but it might actually be your first job that kind of dictates what career you get into. Maybe someone got into peace and development, maybe someone got into human resources, or you know, they got into programming or they got into sure your 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 fast uh, your your undergraduate might you know dictate a little bit on where you can but there are a lot of people who just cross over because and i think yeah. it's the same property and a lot of things in life that we do you know we start a business because um somehow it was a problem we solved and other people asked us i always feel like it's it's almost accidental but it's almost like it's the path you're meant to take you know what i mean the path you're meant yes. absolutely i believe so i believe so we we get lost sometimes in our careers and you go around it around i mean and then sometimes you get um uh buckled down because of debt or whatever it is that keeps you in that job but when your path is coming yeah. it's, it's gonna yeah. come anyway Absolutely. Amen. Yeah. Yep. Then I agree with that. So actually, apart from so, my next addendum to the first question, right, was uh, the I question mean. that I just asked was, how do you get? Um, how did you guys then make this decision to go from the first property to let's go to the second, or maybe let's even get into real estate investing? Like, how did that happen? That's a great question. I think for us, it was that we saw, well, first of all, let me just say this. I have a, a, a good friend of mine who is actually a loan officer, has worked as a loan officer in a bank. Oh. And we were discussing with her a couple of months back and, and we actually agreed. And she said she saw it all the time. People would have this huge threshold to cross to get their first property, right? Yes. But the second property would always be a lot easier. In fact, it's almost a given that the minute that you have your first property, you're probably going to have a second. You know what I mean? It's like, wow. You're not, yeah, okay. it, it just comes with the territory that. Not in um, South Africa, Jackie. <laughs> not, you know, I'm just <laughs> listening to this, Ben, and I'm thinking, oh, wow, I just love and how your environment influences you that way. You just think, oh, it's a second nature. Okay. All right, keep going. Yeah, she's just <laughs> assuming that that happens. Also. No, not for us. It's not I a given for us. That is yeah. It is wow, interesting. I, I, I always thought that, but she told me, yeah, it's true. Like she has people who she would take, she would walk clients through the process of getting a property. And so in their first property, they'd be, oh, they'd be so uptight. And so like, they want to get everything perfect. They're like, oh, they're so concerned. Yeah, you know, yeah. they're like, crossing their uh, T's and dotting their I's. Every, of course, it's important. You want to do due diligence, but it's just that whole being super, in fact, overly, like overly, like mm. I think it's actually fear, not even caution, but fear. It and, is, yeah. Yeah. And then the minute that they, um, they sign on that dotted line, they get those keys or they get the deed and they, they just, it's like a, a whole world has opened up for them. And I think that was the same for us that we realized, wow, this is possible. And the joy that it brought us to be owners. And actually, the funny thing is, we then, in fact, I think it was probably within six months of getting the first property, we started on like the process of 
identifying and starting on a mortgage process for the second one as well. Wow. And well, I did feel it was a little bit, I think with hindsight, of course, we felt that it was a little bit, um, we jumped the gun a little in terms of, oh, he was so excited, we're like, oh, let's get going, you know, and that deal actually ended up not working out, you know, we brought in oh, some good. partners, um, but we're not all on the same page, and then, yeah, and then the deal didn't end up working out, but, but even looking back, I don't think I'll change much about it, um, definitely, I would not change the fact of just wanting to go ahead and buy, and buy another one, another one. Of the, I think in life, I think it's always about wanting to grow and wanting to be better, not being comfortable to sit in your like comfort zone and just stay <laughs> there where you are. You know, okay. if you're not like growing, it. then you're not alive. I think I yeah. that's a bit of a paraphrase. Yeah. Of a, of a, no, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, think, I, I think so. So at the time, did you have a strategy in place? You were buying for what? You were buying for living? You were buying to rent out, you were buying to Airbnb, was there a strategy in place or you were just like, let's keep going, let's buy the second one? Well, and no, not... that's a great question. And no, for us, it, it was definitely for investment. Um, the second, like, if I don't live in so many houses, right? Um, okay. So the second one, yeah, was, <laughs> of course. <laughs> it was definitely for investment and and that's why we're bringing in you know partners um okay. in order to enable the you know the process to probably go faster than it would if we went oh, it alone okay. yes and and the main reason is because we had seen because of having bought our first property and seeing what worked in as much as it wasn't i it wasn't an uh, an investment property in the beginning but did end up also you know fitting the bill right and ended mm -hmm. up becoming a great investment um we knew that there is a market, for example, for either you know buying to let, buying to let, or putting it out as furnished apartments, or putting it out as apartments for diplomats, or putting it out as Airbnb. You know, yeah. So okay. it, it was it was definitely for investment. Yeah. And can I just say one of the things that we also uh, were able to learn? Well, this is one thing I noticed that, like I said, I think it motivates a lot of us in Africa is to have a yeah. property, a place you know, a, a place we call our own. And so yeah. we started to also help diaspora like us, you know, mm, people yeah. who... Exactly. People who wanted to, you know, buy, also feel like their, their money is going somewhere. Yeah. And they're able to, you know, get... You use, instead of, you know, sometimes they'd be working abroad and at the end of the month or at the end of the year or then five years, you don't have anything to show for it. So we started to, yeah, started to help people like us living abroad, earning a great salary, but not making good money decisions, Absolutely. starting with investing, you know, because saving is one of them as well. So yeah. this the prong we started to, the prong we started with is investing, right? Yes. And, um, and this, this was super successful and has continued to be su successful because a lot of, this is just a need that we find anywhere. They, every yeah. year there's people coming out of university and then they go into their careers. I mean, I, I can start with my sister. She recently graduated and she completed her master's. Um, yeah. And she's also actually is now studying abroad in Europe. But at the end of that, it's okay, going to a job. And then guess what? The, the banks will say, hey, take this credit card or take this, you get into a mm. lifestyle of just consumption, of you know, but not oh, really yes. thinking about the future. Yeah. So we started off with that process of just trying, helping people to start thinking about planning, you know, for their yeah. future. Yeah. Yeah. 
I have, oh, I have, wow. I, I have, I have, I have a lot of that, and I have just helped a a, a couple friend of mine, and they have bought a they've bought two properties actually in South Africa now. They are in the diaspora, and yeah. that for me is like the biggest thing. And we talk about how we've yeah. known each other for fourteen years, and we had never yeah. spoken about money and where we are going and where we're going to retire. And um, mm. when we had that conversation, it was like one week we spoke about it. The following week, we found two properties for them. Then third week, they paid for the properties and they cannot believe that in 14 years, they hadn't saved really wow. and hadn't invested wisely, really. So that, that is sure. such an incredible thing to say. And we just want to keep going and I'm, I'm, mm. I'm getting two more of them that are going to buy in South Africa. So that's amazing. Such, yeah. 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 Wow. That is that's what we need to be doing. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I love that story. And this is the thing. Another thing that I think I'm also picking up from, from just this, you know, conversation. And yeah. you know, the fact that our borders are really dissolving, whether it's yes. the borders in Africa, the borders of the world. Did we just say right now that we are literally, here we are, we're on two different continents, three different countries. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing, and right? You've just, uh, guys, Jackie logged in as Mangala and I are busy talking about a lease um, for land. Because you guys know I've been like, looking for land, looking for land. So now I'm also looking at leasing options. So Jackie, as, I, as she was, as she got online, she got to hear the tail end of that conversation as we're talking right. about how much right. they're willing to negotiate for. So I think it's not just African borders, it's global borders that are dissolving, yeah. Yeah. you know? And no I think that is so powerful. Mm -hmm. It opens up the world for people. Yeah. You know, we don't. Have, that's why for me, it's amazing that you got U.S. dollar loans for uh, yeah. for Kenya because it's it just shows how you don't like. I'm just thinking for South Africans that could open a whole new market, right? Because you play with the exchange rate. You get the loan. You you pay using the U uh, to uh, using U.S. dollars, and you yeah. get a lower interest rate on your U.S. dollar loan. That's what you get. Absolutely. Yeah. No, yeah. this is this is this is just awesome. How yeah. then, Jackie, did you move beyond the second property uh, into acquiring more? And how did that come to pass? Please walk us through the process. You know now that yeah, we're buying for investment, but what sort of strategy, what sort of investment strategy were you using? That's a great question. Well, right now, and one investment strategy that we've also used with our clients is to just help them walk through the rent to let or rent to rent, rent to or rental arbitrage, where mm -hmm. rather than where you can actually be creating a cash flow from property without owning it. And this, this has worked really well, I think, in Kenya, you know, when you're able to talk to the landlord and, you know, the entire process that we take them through to help them know how to find that property, talk with the landlord to actually get them to appreciate the model and make sure that the landlord really um, first is completely aware of what the property will be used for because we believe in being 100%, you know, just upfront Absolutely. about this, your business, yeah? yeah. And then in a way that's win-win, you know, and then also to, to negotiate the contract, the, you know, the lease, and then finally 
to to lease to set it up and then lease it out whether on airbnb or booking.com or some of these other places and we've been clients have been having amazing returns i mean we have one client that was able to get from just doing um from actually she, she went from zero to five properties in this rent to rent model oh within my gosh. about a month she actually yeah no she had what? one property sorry one property that she was renting out long term so she went from yeah. one to six properties right with five of them on the oh. rent to rent right and okay. within three months she was already at ten thousand us dollars in revenue from these five Thank properties that's wow yeah you wow. that and that is one of the the strategies that i spoke about on one platform i was talking about a no money down strategy to say you know there's so much you can do and everyone has told us we you know we've been yes we've been disempowered for a long time in south africa but you are sitting on money when you already have your parents house right yeah. you can do a rent to rent right there right there and we love this privacy thing right and you are sitting in a four-bedroom house and you are the only person in that house. There are other rooms that could yeah. be used by other people. I love this so much. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. I know. <laughs> this, is, this is actually how I met Jackie because I was like, what is this rent-to-rent -rent strategy? Because Misa and I had only heard about this from the U.S. side, yeah. right? And then I'd been doing yeah. it without mm -hmm. even knowing that no I'm doing thing. it on my travels, <laughs> right? So I would travel, rent out a place, get the landlord yes. to say, yes, Van, over the year that you have this place, be it in Thailand, wherever, um, yeah. you can now sublet the place. You can sublet. So, yeah, and I would always make sure that the place is spotless, everything. So I would just be living like that because it made economic sense that I have a base and then I'm renting out the place as I traveled. So we heard about this yeah. on Bigger Pockets and Mizo yeah. and I were like, what the hell? Like, I've been <laughs> doing that. And then <laughs> we found out that you could do that, like that South Africans were doing that. And then yeah. when I saw that on, when I saw you online, I don't even know how I came across you. I was just like, whoa, this woman. And then I was like, okay, we need to hop on a call and have a conversation because this is absolutely incredible. Because you were talking about markets that we had never heard of. Like you were talking mm -hmm. about doing this in Kenya, in Nigeria, in mm -hmm. other countries. And we're like, wow. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's I'm crazy. really fascinated by this. So how did, um, can you please just like walk us through like how this, what markets or what neighborhoods you work in, in Kenya for the rent to rent, who is your target audience there? How do you yeah. get people started? And can anyone get started? Like if you're in South Africa, can you get started in Kenya? You don't necessarily have to be limited to Johannesburg because when you laid out, when you showed me the model, it was like in Kenya, Nigeria, you're able to make five times the returns that you make in South Africa, which was mind blowing. That's amazing. Well, interesting enough, actually, the South African Airbnb market is quite booming. I would say it's a pretty comparable market as well. And it oh, just, okay. but it's just about the type of property because we'll find that a lot of people will yeah. tend to, um, in South Africa particularly, uh, you need to do whole apartments whole yes. because of the whole security aspects. 
Absolutely. you know you can't do private rooms but yes. if you do private rooms then there's different ways that you know people could do it maybe something a private room in a kind of a boutique it's a boutique hotel mm, which has like a four boutique or hotel yeah, or it's yeah. a family a family um property yeah mm. but yeah this is, this is the thing guys like i said the 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 borders of our countries are dissolving we okay. would you believe it we mm -hmm. have a lot of the people that are doing rent to rent in particular countries are not specifically from that country i would give an example of uh, one of our clients is from uganda but based in the uk and has two rent to rent properties in kenya both at the coast wow. you see and wow. then we've got a couple of zimbabweans also not based in zimbabwe by the way one is all the way in australia another one is yeah is in south africa as well but their their properties are in Absolutely. Johannesburg, right? And then with the interest, of course. Yeah, it's not yeah. a you know if if a South if a South African wants to come and get into the Kenyan market, absolutely, yeah. there's nothing yeah. restricting you. All that um, what we just advise is it's to have that conversation and to find out what is your what is your your goal. You know what is your goal? What is your budget? And really what like what where do you want to be in five years or where do you want to be in 12 months you know what i mean and that all really you know um influences it because for example we've got one kid that came to us and said look you know what i can rent a property for my budget for rental is 400 dollars. that's my budget yeah. right okay. yeah that's my budget for rental what can you get me or what can i can i get and then also have budget for um interior decor and setup yeah. property setup was also not that high she was mm -hmm. targeting about a thousand dollars probably tops two thousand dollars right okay. so so when, when, when we went to discuss that with her and find out okay so that's your budget let's see what's on the market then we're able to find a property that suited that budget and it, it actually ended up being something that was at the coast um really? it was a one bedroom property um a cottage you know where she could wow. she could actually have two to three people really you know depending on on the on the setup and she could offer breakfast if she wanted uh which is something that she she opted to do for a while but that property was able to make her three times the rent because of the location you see so oftentimes you want to say let me just actually uh, multiply this so that i can give you the numbers Sixty-five dollars yeah. a night, and you know uh, we use an average occupancy of like fifty percent, right? So average yes. occupancy of fifty percent means fifteen out of thirty days, right? And that's that's like yeah. an average across the world, isn't it? Fifty. Yeah. But you also know that certain properties will always be above fifty percent occupancy, yes. such as those near beaches, those near you know large tourist attractions, those mm -hmm. in the city you know, yeah. in a location frequented by business travelers, isn't it? Yeah. So, so we use the, that knowledge, that local knowledge, whether it's in Kenya, whether it's in Joba, throughout our local contacts on the ground, whether it's in, you know, Nigeria, in Ghana, or, you know, wherever mm -hmm. it is, Uganda, we've had some people may express interest there as well. Rwanda as well. Actually, Rwanda is, uh, we have a Rwandese client who, whose property was set up as well in Kenya. So there's just different locations that we, we you Absolutely. know, we go for, but oftentimes it's just about figuring out you have, your property has to make sense on paper. So at 15, mm. at 15 days a, um, a month, 
occupied Occupancy. and yeah. an average of $65 a night for this property oh, yeah. is making twice, right? Which is $925. Yes. And you pay your landlord the four hundred the four hundred dollars. Yeah, she's meeting twice. However, remember this. This is it's a it's actually a seafront property and it's got a pool yeah. and it's walking distance wow. to amazing amenities. Yeah. So she actually gets a higher occupancy. In fact, her, yeah. she tends to get twenty two to thirty days in a Absolutely. month. Oh wow. So that means with twenty two days at the same sixty five dollars a day she's making $1,400. So that's three times plus what she's paying wow. in the rent. Do you get what Man. I mean? Yeah. Yes. Yes. That is, it's such an incredible thing. So you help these yeah. clients, they set up a, a company, you help them with their marketing strategy and how to view the property that they are renting to rent. Is that what exactly. you, you do the yes. end to end for them? End yeah. to end, exactly. Mm. But yes, I, you yeah. asked me that. Let me. So, 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 what we do is from the start is figuring out: is does this work for you? It doesn't work for everyone. It doesn't work in every city yeah. in every country oh, in the world. Oh. Yeah, yes, right. It doesn't. Right. Um, incidentally, when we first came to Abuja, the funny thing is the the place where we stayed, beautiful place located um, close to the city center um okay. in a in an area called Wuse. but when we first came here the interesting thing was the lady who rented the house to us totally yes. furnished totally serviced very well set set up mm, the lady that rented this uh, place to us she was doing rent to rent she was actually renting it from the landlord and right. then wow. leasing it yes yes <laughs> wow that I'm is incredible <laughs> So you said something so powerful, Jackie. You said it doesn't work in every city, in every country. What are the requirements that you found that this could work in? Um, what are the usual requirements that you find make this work? What does a city or a country need for it to work? Well, for one, okay, so this, this actually ties in quite a, a, a bit with the process that we take clients through. Is the, the, yeah. um, the first step is figuring out, will it work? in the country that yes. you want to do it. A lot, a yeah. lot of us are attached to our home countries and we're like, oh, home country, you know what I mean? And then to yeah. be honest, if you're from Ghana and this is what you want to do here, there's going to be some restrictions. And then, you know, for example, you know that the rent, when you pay rent in Ghana, you normally pay it a year in advance. So it really? means you don't have, yeah, you don't yep. have the luxury <laughs> of getting a location yeah. And trying to see, um, will this work or will this not? If it doesn't, I'm going yeah. to pull out. Because you pay yeah. rent a month in advance. I mean, yeah. a year in I advance. Yeah. I thought uh, Nigeria was the same, that you pay a year in advance. Exactly. As well in Nigeria. Nigeria is the same. And now what's happening yeah. is some people, incidentally, by the way, apparently, it's uh, by law, people, are, yeah. landlords are now um, no longer like allowed they're not really supposed to be taking rent a year and i don't think that's ghana or nigeria i know that i was speaking to someone recently and they told me right. actually by law it's been disallowed but people sit yeah. a huge time because of the supply and demand thing property yes. the population density in some certain countries is very high which means they yeah. have a low area under development or you know that's yeah. got property that's built up um, versus the number yeah. of people that need to be housed in that area. We're actually looking yeah. at the population densities of Nigeria versus, for example, Zimbabwe versus Kenya. Yeah. And on the spectrum, Zimbabwe has the lowest 
lowest population density Kenya is in the middle Nigeria has the highest so you're going to oh, find okay. and, you know Ghana is also along that so you're going to find the properties with ha- with the highest population density will always have more expensive rentals always ah. and especially if, not, if rent is not controlled by the government because you uh, you find you know countries like in the, in the west in Europe yeah. there's rent control so uh-huh. it prevents but in Africa a lot of times so when you're going to look at, a, at some of the countries I'll tell you the countries in West Africa you're going to have to look carefully um oftentimes we don't recommend that as a starting investment investment yeah we, yeah we recommend a month to month investment as a, your starting investment even if you're taking out a five year lease with 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 your landlord but yeah. you want to be able to have a faith safe with as with any business you know what i mean covid yes. happens the fact that you can be able to negotiate with your landlord because guess what you're still paying them month to month and they still would love that it gives you some negotiating power mm. right yeah so so what we do yeah we find out first what is your location uh, what is your destination and in case you are open and it's purely for investment then and not really in fact this is a fast step in order for you to really know the market a lot of times you know this is not where a lot of people want to end yeah a lot of people want to own right yes so, so rent to rent is a great first step to learn the market because it's a low um commitment investment commitment which is investment yeah you're able to get in there learn the market if the market is awesome buy a property there uh, if, if it's Absolutely. not great guess what no harm no foul you have the capital you put in there you can always relocate it right so yeah we find what what's a property location if someone is open to wherever then we suggest these mm-hmm. are the things these are the places according to the numbers our clients are getting that we really recommend we do the math on on paper to find out compared to this this location compared to that location is it a city do you want a city location do you want a leisure location you know by the beach <laughs> or by the mountains or in you know mm-hmm. near to the waterfalls whatever it is <laughs> so then then I like also, Mm-hmm. yeah and then what once you identify that then the next step is of course to um lay out okay so if you're going to be able to get your property rent a property that's already furnished versus rent it when it's not furnished then that also influence your budget your setup your budget um mm. your setup right your interior decor and we do the whole thing we've got interior decorators um from you know coast to coast in the sense of those who work or who work in Kenya who work in Joburg who work in Ghana who will set nice. up its completely because you don't even yeah. have to be there. Yeah. I'm, I'm so there. happy. I'm just so <sighs> happy to hear this because you're, you're talking about deal analysis and mm-hmm. setting out the deal right up front because rent-to-rent strategy is one of the many, many 15, 16 strategies of property investment. And, and the fact that people have to count the numbers because that's the other thing that people do they hear of a strategy Jackie's doing it they run to it and they haven't thought out how exactly they are going to do about it right mm. so when you talk about the population density how many accommodations are there in that city who are you looking for a tourist or someone who's coming to work for a short stint of time so that your your rent is determined and how are you going to decorate it you're going to decorate mm. it for leisure or for people who are passing corporate clients that are passing through that apartment mm. such an important part of things and this is this is one strategy we've never spoken about then so this is such yeah. a 
yeah, this is this is probably yeah. one of my favorite favorite podcasts and favorite parts of any any deal or any strategy. So, yeah. Jackie, where you do you find that lots of your clients have got doubts, fears, challenges, and everyone just goes Africa equals to the nothing works. <laughs> what do you say to them? <laughs> I was asked that question yesterday on another platform. I liked it because yeah, when you're going to buy a property, they ask me about Johannesburg and they're like, if you were to help me to find a property, I'm like, yeah, I've got properties available for you yesterday. I can find it. And like, but where do I send my money to? Hmm, you know, so there's wow, a bank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when you're sitting in the diaspora for 20 years and the only country you know is Ireland, then you will ask such questions because wow. what, is being put out, what is being put out in the media? And this is why this, the existence sure. of this podcast is so important for diasporans. What do you say yeah. to them, Jackie? <laughs> well, that's a great question. And it's true. I think um, for those abroad, there's a lot of the, you know, you've gotten used to things working, let's say working, and there's a fear sometimes. And yeah. I think that's why I, I, I understand it. I completely understand it. There's a lot who've been um, maybe scammed or gotten the, the short end of the stick or, you know, yeah. bought a property that didn't exist. Yeah. But it's not, I don't think it's something to be feared as much as it's something to be managed because yes. you, you want to make sure you have, like, look, you want to have reputable partners. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, you know what, Mizo, I will work with you to yeah. buy a property in SA. Yeah. Because mm. I know you, we have met, you come recommended. I have mm. seen the people you have gotten results for. And that's mm -hmm. that's a fast place, I would say. It I think does. that's the number one place a lot of people get it wrong. They work with the yeah. wrong people. Yes. When you work with the wrong people, you're going to be exposed, right? Yes. Just as much as there are those people who are doing amazing things, um, who are totally upfront, even in the West, who are mm. just completely a shit, they're also the people who are underhand, who are scammers out for a quick back. So um, I think that, it, you know, the, the, it really feeds into the other things because if it's work with the right people, then the next step is, of course, yeah, like you said, the deal analysis, making sure that this deal is making sense before you get into it. But working with the yeah. right people is going to make sure you are successful in that next step of analyzing your deals, of knowing what's on the market, mm. of getting your financing, of, because they will direct to the right people as well, mm. you know? So uh, I think if, I would say this is like almost that n number one thing that you, you don't want to get wrong. Mm -mm. Even the mm. right partners. Yeah. We found it, look, we were also excited about, hey, let's get this second property going and this third one. But, but getting, even partners sometimes can be, who can be known to you and who you, you're not doubting their, their integrity. Yeah. But also their expertise is something that yeah. you need to be, Absolutely. right? It's not because we're Absolutely. friends, right? Mm. The expertise, the commitment to the process, to do what it takes. And that's why a lot of times I will so dissuade people from getting into partnerships with family, with friends. <laughs> Yeah, I would save people from that because you see, this is a relationship you already have based on something else. A partnership mm. that is based on a common goal, I feel, tends to be, and and this could be my everyone else has a everyone has their own personal um personal yeah. 
experiences. But a partnership that is based on a common goal is always a lot more, there's a lot more accountability in there. You're able to hold each other accountable and you both, you both chose to be there. So yeah. you're much more driven in that yeah. sense. I don't know what has been you guys' experience, by the way. No, but that's, 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 that's it. I really like yeah. what you're saying because what you brought to, to, to us right now, you're talking about the tribe that you mix with, right? Yes. So you've got a consistent interior decorator who uses mm. the tribe and who does that. But you've got yeah. someone who finds the properties because that's yeah. the, the space that is, that is also, like I did with my, with, with my friends. Uh, yes, I went to inspect the, 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 the properties for them, but because they are my personal friends, I know them for 14 years, our families are friends, mm. I ask certain questions, organize the property management, write it up front, yeah. and, you know, because this relationship, I am taking care of it because this is, this is my tribe, this is my village. Right? Yes. Property is a partnership. It's a partnership. Yeah. All over the world, anywhere yeah. you can. Yeah. Yeah. And all you need is someone with integrity. But as I say, sometimes it is integrity of business. This is my business. Yeah. Property has become my business. But it's also a relationship that is so personal to me. Yeah. That, you know, I wouldn't want to ruin it with with, with a property deal. Thank yeah. you so amazing with answering these questions beyond beyond who right you? <laughs> so, i love your question wow i do have one yes. i'm still going to backtrack from the deal analysis a little bit because yeah obviously this is a normal question yes. that i would ask as a traveler <laughs> which countries in africa do you find that the rent to rent model is working out best for because now we know that some countries are not ideal because of the rent the way they do rental model their rental model yes well well maybe maybe i, I could um i i think the way to look at it um for example, I wouldn't say that, for example, Nigeria is not a, a, a good place to do it. I'll just say that not for a beginner, because you'll okay. find that the person that will be able to do well in Nigeria, in the Nigerian market, is the person that already has the capital to pay yes. for the year in advance. Yes. And, yeah, and absorb that cost, right? Yes. Right off the bat. And then, and then you know, wait for their cash flow. Um, through the year in order to you know set any other costs but also build into their kitty so this this is not for a beginning investor if you're a beginning investor you do want to yeah. you you know you, you in order to break even earlier you don't want to be having to put out like a whole year's rent yeah you know what i mean yeah. so i don't i wouldn't advise it for not at all well, i wouldn't <laughs> advise it for a beginning investor but it's it is quite a lucrative market because absolutely what discovered, like in abuja oh my goodness the daily rentals are almost three times, right? The daily rental cost that you would pay in yeah. Abuja. It's three yeah. times what you would pay, what you would earn. Let me say the daily rentals you can earn from Airbnb in Abuja are three times what you can earn in like Kenya, for example. Wow. Because of the, the whole density issue. Uh, it's just yeah. expensive. It's just expensive to, to, to wow. uh, short-term rentals are just expensive in this market. 
oh right? And that's something wow. that uh, Lagos is probably going to be different. So probably Lagos might be the, the you know, uh, also a more attainable market. But because the daily yeah. rentals are high, you as a landlord coming, you as an investor coming in will make a lot, right? But you also yes. will pay a lot. Locals will yes. be able to get much better rent, uh, right? Um, but yes. international is not as good because of the areas. So the areas which will be attractive yes. to people who are renting, who want to rent Airbnb, you know, yeah. the yes. if it's if you, if you want to liken it to your Santon um, in Joburg, right? Your Santon yeah. type area, yeah. which will be attractive to internationals who are yeah. mostly the ones who come to to you know to rent an Airbnb, especially in the business business um, uh, you know business areas. Let me say uh, those, yeah. those areas will tend to be more uh-huh but of course you can also target your local market so i think there's a lot of nuances what we're finding i mean we we know kenya and of course south africa have very good markets that's hands down yeah. kigali yeah. is also continuing to grow as well yes and that's a yeah. very, um, yeah. kigali as a city rwanda also as a country is is something that is for business tourism is very very wow. attractive right wow. and, and rent also quite good um uh, i would say Again, you, you you still have those challenges with places like Uganda, but you know, and so I wouldn't recommend it as a starting market. There's possibility mm-hmm. for places like Tanzania as well. You know, we find that Ghana, it's also possible if you're to get like a, a short-term rental. There are people who will allow you to rent either two months or six months, or six two months, months or three, no, three months yeah. or six months in two yeah. or three months. Yeah. Okay. In six or Three month block, sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because we, we've got clients who are who are properties in Ghana as well. And um yeah. yeah, I would say those are the ones that I know right now which I can absolutely vouch for. However, like I said, it's all about where you want to go and being the work on the ground. Through the networks we that. have, we're able to get into new markets like look, yeah. Egypt, um, Cairo. Wow. Egypt. Again, really? Wow, that is amazing. And can I also just recommend Morocco? So Wealthy Money's social media manager is based, um, she's Moroccan, but she lives in Thailand. Thailand, We met in Morocco, we met in Casablanca, but Morocco, I had to rent a place for one month in Morocco. Can yes. I tell you, I looked for three months to get that. I remember wife. that. I remember I was, that. I was oh on my social gosh. media. I was begging for it. I, I was like, guys, if you know anything that makes sense and is affordable. In the end, we ended up renting on the ocean during on the winter. Ocean. Yeah. And we had to get like heaters and everything. Our landlord had to bring us heaters but it was extremely difficult. So some markets in various countries are really, there's so much opportunity because there isn't a huge uh, supply for short-term rental. Absolutely. Can I just put a disclaimer that Jackie, what she's not mentioning is that she gave everyone a headache because it had, <laughs> have, it had to have white linen. So she's not, she's not your easy bread for this one. Uh, okay, I oh, I'm so partial to white linen. You and me, yes, we are friends. It's so true, right? It's like, and this the other thing, right? Like I find this a lot. A lot of Airbnb places in diff, depending where you are in the world, it's like multicolored linen, 
multicolored walls, multicolored tiles. That was the other thing that was driving me crazy about Morocco. It was like multicolored walls. I was like, when I look at these walls, just on the pictures, I lose focus. What more when I'm in the house? I'm going to lose absolute focus. So there's all these little nuances that I think people don't realize make an Airbnb attractive. Like even the color of the rooms, the way the house is colored, the linen, the color of the linen. Like I am very particular to that. I'm like, I need to see that it's white linen so I can see if there's any spots on there, if there's anything that is unbecoming. I'm sorry, guys. I am that person. The first thing I do when I get to an Airbnb is I lift the covers and I look if the linen is clean. First thing, you know, like I need to get that out my system. Then everything else we can deal with. That is good advice. <laughs> Just to say, you know what, you've struggled enough to know that actually, yeah, the horror stories, eh? they exist. Yeah. I think, I think it's important. And that, that also comes to us as, you know, people who want to be hosts on Airbnb. We, I, yes. I am always telling my team at our property in the coast is that, no, we yeah. only buy white linen right. because they're interesting. Yeah. No, we can't have white. I'm like, really? That's all <laughs> we Yeah. So, yeah. so mm. um, I want to ask you, Jackie, you, I know you've touched on it. What has been the role of networks on your property journey and on your investment journey? What would you say to people? Networks. Networks, right? Okay. Well, I'll say networks, they're very important because first of all, you, you need networks of experts, right? You want um, networks of people that are good at what they do. I think the first mistake we ever made when we first invested in our property was to get uh, a recommendation for a contractor to do some renovations from our gardener okay and that was like the wrong oh, thing to do. Wow. i know <laughs> seriously <laughs> what mistake we ever made that cost us like yeah a couple of thousands reliable as a gardener he would tell us with his face yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah Mizo, did you move away from your laptop your no. sound is um moving no, in and out <laughs> Okay, is it better now? Much better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jackie kills me. Okay, go on. <laughs> it's crazy, you know. The networks was something. It was really, it was a huge thing. And then I'll say then the next, the the also we'll talk about networks of experts. So of course you want to be able to. Oftentimes when you work yeah. with someone who's really good, then they normally, normally not always. I would say maybe fifty percent of the time. You can you, they can recommend you or forward you to someone who's equally as good as them yeah. in maybe an area they don't cover. Like our you know our loan officer was able to send us to uh, a really good surveyor, property surveyor yeah. that then did our you know property valuation, um, yeah. and that that was great, right? And um, yeah. but it's also a bit hit and miss. I think sometimes you really need to then. Also use your own personal networks of people that you trust, people that you know. I've just realized there's no, there's no harm in actually approaching people who you personally know to get that recommendation for, okay, you know, a lawyer or, um, exactly. um, you know, someone who they could be. In fact, the way that we also got reconnected again was through someone that we both mutually know, isn't it? And, yeah. and <laughs> then, you know, I respect that person. You respect that person yeah. as well. 
So by working together, you know that you're also, you are going to make sure to meet a certain level of expectation that you're going to do your best and that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So networks yeah. are really crucial. I, I think it's always in everything. I think in work, in yeah. business, in investment, you can't go it alone. And sometimes you pay for that network through, I'm part of like, yep. I, I was part of a coaching mastermind for a year where not a cheap thing, by the way, it was, yeah. you know, multiple five figures, um, but mm-hmm. in dollars, but still, but something that really unf- unfolded to me, amazing networks that to this day are still super useful. People who are like-minded, people who yeah. are just in the same path and they can, they, they equally know really, you know, really high caliber people. Yeah. 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 Oh I think what you've just said, powerful about the mastermind like i think people don't understand that like when you do things like coaching and masterminds you're not just paying to access the coach you're also paying to access their networks which are beyond valuable right so it will save you so much time energy money etc that's for me like one of the top things It creates so, access. It creates access and access of the things yeah. that you're looking for. I think paying for value is such an important thing. Yeah, man. I am. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm full. Then I don't know about you. Gosh. <laughs> yeah, I just have one last question, which okay. I think is on everybody's minds, which is how has COVID impacted um, the 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 rent to rent market rent. and the Airbnb market, Jackie. Yes. Well, it's a great question. I think uh, I w- it's um I wouldn't be able to say that it has not for sure impacted because you can see yeah. Airbnb have also had to lay off a lot of people. Booking dot com the same mm. thing. You know, yes. I'm sure Expedia as well. Airlines all over the world. So yes. COVID has been that one thing that comes along. Probably what every ten years. Who knows. <laughs> <laughs> we've seen it now is that probably the first time it's ever happened in my lifetime so who knows maybe it comes around it's a sort of thing that comes around every 50 years then the last time such a thing happened was what was it the 1918 yeah. <laughs> and it's really sad yeah we really, we really do yeah. just our heart goes out to those that have lost loved ones as well and you know those who've yeah. had a hard time economically one thing we've seen is yeah. that clients have the, the ones that have been resilient are those that had like businesses that were already um, they were past takeoff, right? Yeah, they were already yeah. coasting along. They were doing well already. You know, okay. You know, lift off. Like if you get turbulence at lift off, um, it's very tricky. You know, in order, it's very tricky to be able to catch the the kind of updraft you need as an airline pilot, for example. Not that I'm an airline pilot, mm-hmm. but as an analogy. So, so yes. those that already had, I'll say that those that already had their client base had been operating at least three months and had done their marketing, had built up their reputation, had great reviews. They were able to keep, to break even, let me say, to break even on their mm. expenses and not have to close down because that's another thing. Yeah. You close down, then it's relocating all your furniture and everything. You're losing, you're losing what you did in terms of any setup, any, any custom you know, things that you did in your interior decor. So not too many have had to close. Um, some did and just opted to just put their furniture in storage to ride okay. out COVID for the month. Okay, and yeah. we made these decisions early. 
so that they would not mm-hmm. feel that stress, right? But mm-hmm. what we did, I know in having this conversation with our clients, um, some did, but a lot did not. They chose to just keep going and as yeah. long as they're breaking even. And one thing that came out was the need to have a buffer in any business, that you always um, need to have a buffer for your expenses, let's say, you know, a buffer of like three months expenses for your business, that okay. you know that, um, in fact, this is very interesting. I see it the same, I see it in a lot of uh, properties that are in the leisure, uh, you know, in leisure locations. Our properties yeah. in a leisure location. So in, in uh, the entire year, I would say that maybe 30% of what we make the entire year tends to be made during the, you know, the high season of Christmas time. Yeah. Or other properties will have a different high season. I think in okay. Joburg, like Cape Town, the high season is also around is also around the summer. Yeah. Absolutely. Right? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So 30%. Some people could actually say 50% of what they make is during the high season. So for those for such properties, there wasn't much of like sure it did let those are let down initially, but then you know they bounced back due to local tra- local domestic tourism. We yes. that probably it's just a couple months that we yeah. probably we had to like maybe physically close or not take any clients any, and maybe send our staff away. Yeah. But then it picked up and a lot of local tourism, um, especially gotcha. in the yeah, a lot of local tourism was coming in. We we're, we were back to our numbers that we had last year. And wow. even expecting more in Christmas time because you know now everyone in that high season, let me say that high season that runs throughout the month of December and maybe a, a bit of January. Right. Because everyone now has cabin fever, they want to travel. You know, we're getting uh, lots yes. of Yes. We're having to turn people away because, That's you know, it. we're full. Oh, it's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Cabin so, fever, then, let me just say, ca- yeah. cabin yeah. fever is a real, real thing. Like it's, yeah. I've, see, I've been feeling it. I've been traveling a heck of a lot more in Sri Lanka going everywhere where I can, booking places. So it is actually, and I've heard also travelers in Thailand are starting to leave for the Caribbean. People are just like, okay, we've had it. We just need to go again. Go somewhere. (laughs) So very interesting. Incidentally, my my brother-in-law, my sister's partner is stuck in Kenya, stuck, um, comfortably stuck in Kenya. He works there. (laughs) And he is stuck at a small little hotel. Apparently, it's over 106 years old uh, outside of wow. Nairobi, about two hours. And can you imagine the person who, who owns that hotel? All he had was foreigners who were stuck during lockdown because we locked down before mm. Kenya locked down and he couldn't get out. So he is comfortably mm. locked down. So this person is making some money. And we have got two other friends who were locked down um, in, in, in Pumalanga in South Africa in one of the provinces and that person you know just had 100% occupancy during COVID just because right there were four internationals in wow. South Africa who were stuck in the same place so we you find wow. that there's opportunity yeah. in exactly the place that's called Christ and mm. I'm learning that I'm learning that, you know, sometimes you don't go and set up your your business thinking, oh, whoa, disaster, you know, because the disaster could actually possibly be the opportunity right there. Yeah, Ooh. I love that. Yeah. Wow, Mezo. 
Yeah. That is some powerful stuff. There's opportunity in crisis. I am like (laughs) circling that in my book. Exactly. (laughs) And just to say, we had clients who opted to then, you know, um, convert their places, which of course, you know, they can host meetings in there and, you know, do, do some additional services in addition to stays. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Meet a short-term meeting place for people or a work a work location for those who want to have a break. You know the staycations that people are talking about. Yeah. So there's lots of and I I love the fact that you know when you went back to the mastermind whole the whole mastermind thing. These are all ideas yes. that members are able to share with each other, just learn together yeah. and then implement because oh my we're gosh. all going through this together and um you wouldn't be able to host all the people in the world. So oftentimes then that sharing of ideas makes such a difference. Yeah. 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 And one of your clients was also stuck in Johannesburg, wasn't she? But she ended up comfortably being stuck at the B&B that she was living in. Right. Not only did she end up being stuck there, she ended up buying a whole property, Jackie. She was like, by the way, there's a whole business opportunity here now. Let me just buy a property and just do business here. So she was able to just start a whole new life in Joburg. And I think what, what I'm getting from this is really COVID didn't stagnate anything. You know, like... It's uh, yes, there was a lot of stagnation at first, but being willing to adapt to the changes is important. So we were stagnated for the first three, four months, definitely. But now people are finding different ways to do this and to um, work in the property space. So this gives me so much hope, actually. It gives me a lot of hope. Nice. Lisa, you muted yourself. <laughs> And I did. I, am... I did because the dog was had 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 sauntered in and pushed the door open. Oh. So, well, I'm full then. I'm ready. I am yeah. as well. I could, sit, I could sit at coffee with you the whole night, Jackie. So I really <laughs> same here. <laughs> yeah. So let's move on to the next segment of the show. On to the next segment of our show: magical feedback from our hosts where our hosts share their three takeaways from today's episode. Hey, Property Magicians, welcome to Magical Feedback. So we're going to share our takeaways from today's episode. And I'm going to have Misa start off. I started off last time. (laughs) My page, two pages are full of magical feedback. So I don't yeah. know. Gosh. Oh my so gosh. let me start. Let me let me start with my favorite. Um, uh, my favorite right now because of the time that I am in. Jacqueline is a um, computer scientist. Yeah. And she calls herself a people scientist. So Ooh. Yeah, indeed, I'm a computer scientist at work. You know, a choice of career is computer scientist. But the transition yeah. of being a people scientist means she knows how to make the connection, connection between yes. people, connection between people and a property and money, connection mm. across the continent. So she's using her people connection skills and the transitioning. And as she was speaking, it's it's as if she was speaking about my transitioning of life. I like yeah. that that 
She oh. is the one now oh. who knows how to read the markets for people, read the property market, and recommend mm. a strategy for people who ask about the rent-to-rent strategy in whichever African country they are in. That's an yeah. amazing way of transitioning and not being afraid of your other skills. You know, she knows yeah. computers, sure. But she's yeah. got more than that. How's that? Yeah. How's that for oh a Oh my first? gosh, that is <laughs> absolutely amazing. Yeah. Right? What's, yours? What's your number one? So, my number one was actually about, um, I mean, I've got so many, but the first one Gosh. was also how I didn't notice this, but it makes so much sense because I'm always going crazy about the price of land and the price right. of housing and rent in Sri Lanka. I was mm-hmm. like, what the hell? Like, it doesn't match with everything else in this country. This country is so affordable so many things are so cheap and then when it comes to land and housing it is insane like the pricing makes no sense like i mean okay i compare it to chiang mai thailand i compare it to bali i compare it to south africa i compare it um to um i'm thinking malaysia and still the pricing although malaysia is also crazy but the pricing doesn't really make sense, especially yeah. when you compare the quality. And Jackie just okay. made sense of it to me when what she said, that? areas with the highest population densities are the ones with the highest rate uh, rents. It is about supply and demand. demand. Sri Lanka is a small country. It's an island. It's an Absolutely. island with a very high population density. So there is always demand. Especially for like high-end properties and properties with um, various amenities. It just, it's not based on this is the earnings that people have. It's based on supply and demand. Absolutely. So that was like a light bulb moment for me. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good one. It's such a juicy <laughs> one. I had it down as well. I had it down yeah. because um, we, she, she, I think she puts it so well. And the more you understand, the more you understand where to property invest. And I think yeah. it's a challenge for all of us who are mostly South Africans. We've never viewed other African countries as an investment yeah. opportunity. And that's how you check out where to yes. invest. Here's my number two. Here's my number two. Um, <clears throat> we've just spoken about uh, the modalities of, of financing a property and how Jackie and her husband were inspired to buy their first property. They came across colleagues who had clubbed together. Five of them would put money together mm-hmm. and they would buy each other a property and pay it up quickly. And that's how they were scaling their property portfolios. Right? Mm-hmm. Is that not a property stock fail? Is that not a different kind of property ah, stock fair? The collective, it is. Co- it is, right? It it's really, a property really stock is. So there are many ways of stock failing a, a property investment. And these yeah. were high-end, high-ending people. And they just decided instead of wasting our money in the way that we wasted, let's, let's clap together. Honey, Vangile, Miranda, let's put our money together. We buy you cash. One property, five hundred thousand. In another three months, we are buying Vangile, and obviously, yes. you enter into into um, legal agreements because 
those are not yeah. okay. that's lots of money so your conveyances yeah. and your estate planners are always in there as you buy the property mm. it's insured against all of you so that if one of you dies everybody gets back their money somehow and who keeps the property yes. i am so you know i'm always looking for ways to show people that you can actually we yeah you can we can get together wow. and pay off my mortgage and enter into a different contract that mm. a lot together and then we carry on to the next oh vangile wants to lease in sri lanka we get together and we lease yeah. on your behalf and you carry yes. on we do the next thing and we pay off honey yes. that's that's how it works so yes actually you know as you're talking yeah. about this i've heard this being done a lot in middle yeah. eastern countries i've heard it um this exact same concept which is i buy everybody helps me buy cash and then a little later everybody helps the next person in the group buy cash and this is how a lot of people have been doing it and i know that a lot of people a lot of foreigners that come to south africa from somalia and ethiopia a lot yeah. of other african countries have this mindset right yeah. they club together and that's how they've been able to buy help people buy restaurants and it's been working so much faster so i think it's what you're talking about is a deep mindset shift so it it's really really powerful i it love is. it it is and we are we, we we grew up in the ubuntu communal sense mm. and that's why our parents could carry on stock fells for everything yeah. there were the stock fell for appliances stock fell for school fees stock fell for this yeah. stock fell for that and it and and it actually happens and i know yeah. that the somali uh, nationals in our country that's how they do their business yeah. and because they don't have access to mortgage and loans mm. like the rest of us who are sitting in our own um country they are not local so yeah. they give to each other 40000 and it circulates like that so that you can mm. buy in bulk whatever it is that you need to buy so you know yeah this this is this is wow. power sitting right here guys power it sitting really, right really here it really really is yeah. what's your okay, third no. not the last but your third <laughs> it's the second is it the second? Oh, yeah yes, yeah okay so i'll make it fast though <laughs> the first the second one is that borders are dissolving yes right i yes. mean like i feel like i've been living that for like my for whole time. <laughs> my whole adult life right yeah. is this deep understanding that like all these investment strategies you can transfer the knowledge that you have that you get in one country to another country to another right so it it is so so possible so what it we is. often and i think when i spoke to jackie in may she said to me she said she she asked me something interesting she said whenever you're talking about these investments um you talk about investing in the african continent but whenever you're talking about it it sounds like you're just focused on south africa are you like married to south africa as a strategy <laughs> actually on second thoughts no cuz no. i'm willing to go to uh sri lanka yeah. but then i realized that i in my mind i was still 
like, you know, still in the border state. So when she told me that they are, you know, she was like, you know, you can easily do this in Kenya as well. You can easily do this in, um, <laughs> you can easily do this in Rwanda. I was like, damn, yeah. that's just like opening up a whole new level of, of things. So, and like in those, in other African countries, we earn in US dollars right? You charge in US dollars, you do things in US dollars. So we are not, we don't have to be married to a country. If a country is not working for us, let's move on. Even if it's our own country, if we're not finding what we want in South Africa, let's look at Nigeria, let's look at Rwanda, let's look at Kenya. So that is big for me. I loved it. That is such that's such a big learning and it's it's ironic that yeah. the, it 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 dawns on you often and many many times Bangile, and you've done right? that, you know i watched you sublet in chiang mai could we couldn't believe it we had white eyes like this with Sekofato, our friend so this is, this is such a such a powerful share i am so conflicted between the things that i want to share let me do this one <laughs> Jackie says when we asked her about a tribe and she yes. said please think carefully about where you network yes. you need to be networking with experts in their field right yeah yeah and network with good people who have given you good service because chances are mm. one person with good service will recommend another person who shares the same value of good service, right? And that's what I'm finding, Van. I keep telling you that I can't believe how my power team has grown in that I find this structural engineer and then I'm led to the next quantity surveyor with the same, it's almost like they are of the same family, but it depends as well how you build your network when people know that you are coming with your authentic self and you deliver service then you you know you meet the next person with the same and the next person and the next person and that's how she's been able to scale her business across five countries in 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 africa and across europe so that i thought was very and that's why she belongs to a mastermind because Yes. people who share have value of let's expand let's create wealth yeah and, and i love what she said about paying for that mastermind right thank you because like i keep talk, we keep talking about the oh, value of paying for coaching the value yep. of paying for mentors just yep. the value of paying for education because you don't know what you don't know Right. And that's the thing that always, that always makes me question when people are like, oh no, I'll do it on my own. I'm like, no, because you really don't know what you don't know. There are so many things. You will work on the things that you know on your own. It's the things that you don't know that are going to trip you up. That is what you know is that, oh, I'm experiencing this fear, this block, this, this, but the things that you don't know are the things that completely hold people up for years. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) I like that. Okay. Well, so my final takeaway was this concept of, um, just like, uh, 
what you said about a business that like turbulence, right? So if you experience when I asked about COVID and she said COVID, like what yeah. they found that uh, businesses that were already um, successful during COVID and doing well, when COVID hit, they just continued on. And she was like, it's hard to for a plane to take off in turbulence. But when there's turbulence and the plane is already in the air, the plane can keep going, right? So I thought this is so powerful because what I often see is that most of us, it's one of the things, the reason why this stuck with me is that most people will come to some, like I don't, this is something that I actually will say, but it's not ego, right? It's that I really won't work one-on-one with clients that come to me and they are in the midst of an emergency. Like their lives are falling apart and now they want private coaching. I never work with clients like that. Why? Because like when we are in the state of crisis and in an emergency and then using that energy to try to now build on financial wealth, like we're doing things from a space of desperation. So the first thing is to start calming down. So what most of us are doing, we're making decisions during COVID and all this in a state of desperation. Oh my God, I need this to work now. We haven't allowed ourselves to sit down and think long-term. So I thought that that was really, really powerful. Is that, that is such a powerful Focus thing. on grounding the foundation of the business, even your property business, because most people will go into property without the research, without anything, without the proper grounding. And then I'm just going to buy a property because everyone says that I should buy properties. I remember during COVID, uh, people were getting advice to go buy shares because now there's blood on the floor. And I was like, how long is COVID going to last? Does anyone know? Are these companies going to be around? Are they... is the management correct and I was like out there and being like don't do this but there was a lot of that just go by just go by just go by that's coming from a state of fear and we do that with real estate as well so basically without the foundation when turbulence hits if you have no foundation you're going to be blown over but if your business has the proper foundation is already on the takeoff, is already going, the systems are in place, all these things, they make a difference and you, they help you weather the storm. So for me, that is, that was a, that was a critical takeaway. So, yeah. Well, that wasn't final. As I say, two pages full, we could carry on. Then that was such a powerful share. Thank you so much for this. Yeah, thank you, Misa. Let us move on to the next segment the of next the show. Segment. Now on to the journey to magical expansion, where we ask our guests the same five questions we ask every guest. Well, my name magicians, welcome to the next segment of the show, the part of the show where we ask all our guests the same question we ask every, or the same five questions we ask every guest. So, Misa, I'm going to let you get started with your favorite question. Oh, yes. Jackie, tell me, um, do you have a book that you would say changed your life? One book. 
it could be a business book, it could be a novel, it could be, what would you say, a book that changed your life? Well, I would, I would have to say, there's so many, by the way, but I have to yeah. say the Bible. I think for me, yeah. that's the number one book. Maybe a companion to that as well is The Purpose Driven Life. This was going around sometime, some years back. I, I remember studying this as a, straight out of campus okay. the purpose driven mm. life maybe you might have heard of it but just do a I search have, yep i have it on my shelf it's it was a hard read for me for some reason that's very interesting yeah i've never read it i've heard of it i've never read it no it's super powerful and i think for me in fact specifically because it's actually it's actually unlocked and even more so in this season i yeah. have yeah. discovered that you know what um, a purpose, it's too small of a purpose for me to say I'm going to be a millionaire in my lifetime. It's too yeah. small, it's too little of a purpose. That's yeah. not, that's not it. Actually, for me, a big purpose yeah. is, yeah, like I said, it's impacting those around me for good, for to unlock their purpose, to to Impacting. know their creator and that type of thing. Yeah. And that, that's been, uh, I would say, <laughs> I think if you come into my office, then you will just, on, on my wall, there's all these things about like, you know, purpose and mission and, you know, my vision board is on there as well. And it just keeps me, oh. keeps me grounded, right? I love that. Yeah. yeah. Love that. Wow, that's beautiful. <laughs> so I will agree with you. I've always felt like having a purpose that is, if your only mission is to make money, then that's not really a purpose, right? Mm -hmm. Like the money comes through the purpose, I believe. Um, and of course, it's totally. great that like you make money. But like, I think that the most I started off definitely like, I want to make like six figures in my business, etc. And then when that happened, I was like, okay, like the like this is not the purpose. And the purpose has to be something bigger and it has to involve humans. If I'm in this world, it doesn't always have to involve, for me, it has to involve humans, but for other people, it involves the environment, the planet, animals. I don't know, like, but basically what I'm saying, it has to impact for generations beyond just me. Like, yeah. I think that is important because one day I'm going to go, but the purpose can be continued beyond me because we're all going to leave this planet, but we can yeah. start something. So, yeah, I really, really love that. So, Jackie, what keeps you inspired? Um, and that's, I love that because it, it really ties into the num the first question you asked me. I would say that what keeps me inspired is having that time every single morning to, you know, yeah to have my devotion, to meditate on why I'm here, to meditate on. Because you know, one thing I discovered is that, look, it's human. You, um, it's very human that I will wake up and the, the thing that I will then be, be most moved to pursue will be the thing that's right in front of me. And guess what? Right in front of me are the needs that I have, whether it's, you know, the, the, the provision, the provision that my family needs, or right. the, you know, what would, but um, to, to have this daily practice when I get up and just to focus for that first one hour, just to focus on my, this, this amazing life that, you know, lies before me and this opportunity yeah. I have for these how many yeah. years I'm on earth to make an impact yeah. In, in, yeah. in the lives of those around me and to remember why, you know, 
mm. and to remember that I have a finite amount of time and to remember the most important things and like you know we talked about in question number one that money is just it's it somehow doesn't even feature in there you know it's not the yeah. thing and Absolutely. um yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Oh wow. Yeah. And what would what do you wish you had known? Um what do you wish you had known before embarking on your property investment journey? Are there things you you look back and think, "Oh, I wish I had known that earlier." Well, I think for one would have been to start saving straight out of, you know, university. university. That would have been mm. Yeah, number one. Amen. Thing. Yeah. Oh yep. <laughs> yeah. It's an it's an entire what it is it's an entire uh spectrum of like you know when you talk yeah. about you know wealthy at the academy that you run and when you talk about just money management yeah. like investing yeah. is just one aspect of it isn't it yeah. you know you have the saving mm-hmm. you have the wise spending you know of course yeah. the investing and eventually yeah. then whenever you get into retirement what you're going to do with it i think for me i think it's what people do not speak a lot about is yeah just make that foundation from the word go you know yeah. going out there and making good money but really ultimately your needs always expand to fit what you have what you're earning yeah yeah so just be yeah. wise about that that would have been so yeah. amazing for from you know for yeah. me and and now guess what i'm teaching my family i'm teaching my kids i'm teaching my younger siblings yeah i'm yeah. sharing with them to get them on the path early enough my 28 year old sister um sister was not going to be is not going to face the same thing that i did yeah yeah interesting yeah. that you Jackie you should say that having chosen the bible as your first and because i'm finding the contradictory um things that people interpret the bible to be saying about being humble and how the poor are going to be the ones that inherit the kingdom of heaven mm. so what what is that with you why, why don't you find contradictory what the bible says about money and wealth how yeah. how did you find that how how you know that's so interesting i hear you well for one i think it's about being a good steward i realized that really you know the uh-huh. truth is if you have first of all wealth money being a measure yeah. of um i i'm borrowing this from a mentor that i follow yeah uh, yeah there's money is a measure of the impact that you're having in the world yeah. and then at the same time money is also an enabling so so we the truth is in the world we can give of our time we can give of our money in fact i, I remember now there's a, a, a gentleman called charles finney who recently you might you guys have probably seen him it's all over oh, the news charles he's a millionaire yeah who gave yes. away his entire all his wealth before yes he, you know all his wealth and he's now 85 his mission yes. was to give away his entire you know all his wealth before he dies and he's succeeded yes. you know with more than 8 billion i think yeah. but hold up why because he worked hard i mean to get there they talked about yeah. him doing crazy hours flying all over you know with he his was the what duty free duty free um shoppers i think is is the name of the the company that he yeah. he, he was partner in and and that made uh, billions right so yeah. he gave it all away he actually just gave it all away to charity mm. i was wondering but why work this hard throughout your entire life and probably let either your family 
or not have as much of your time as they should. Maybe yeah. not give as much time to the people in your life that you should. Only to give it away at the end of your life. And that actually made me realize it's important to still work hard now, but give of your time and your money as you go along. In fact, it, for me, it was a realization that, you know what, my business is a ministry. In fact, my business is ministry. It's a ministry. I love that. I love yeah. that. It's not, it's almost like this non-profit um, thing where everything that's coming in is something that I want to be used while I am here on earth to yes. someone else, right? Of course, it's not yeah. that, you know, my family has, but then beyond that is also enabling other people to yeah, to be able to, to, to live the lives they're supposed to. So the reason yeah. that I, I, for me, I don't see wealth and, um, and, and uh, my belief to be uh, two separate things is because I yeah. choose to focus more on my belief and on the wealth. The wealth, the wealth is numbers. The wealth is, is things. You know what I mean? I, I'm not going to take things. any of it to the grave. Yeah. 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 None of it. I you agree. Know? And, and, and I agree. The, yeah, the, the, I've actually been driven though. I mean, the thing is, I I was always driven, even in high, even in high school. Was it high school? No, campus. I actually had a business. I was selling cakes to my mem to my classmates. <laughs> You've been an entrepreneur. <laughs> I have, you know. And the thing is, I also realized that whatever your drive is, you will always put it into something. So what I'm doing is the right thing, which is helping yeah. people um, find. Yeah have a better life but ultimately not losing focus and you know it's so easy i know it because sure straight out of campus i worked for free for like a year and a half i was in the ministry and yeah that thing ended up um con- you know um what do you call it it ended up changing into something that was more of a of a non-profit organization yeah uh, with a salary wow. and everything but at some point i felt like i had lost the plot so i left but then yeah. i also feel like at that point I needed to just reconnect with the the, the reason that I, you know I know I'm on earth, which is just the purpose yeah. that I have, right? Um, yeah. And I think for everyone, we forget it. It's so easy to forget it. So yeah. So remind ourselves every single day, every day we wake up, it needs to be yeah. front and center. We forget it otherwise, you know. So that's yeah. That's yeah. Oh my wow. gosh, Dickie. I love <laughs> this. Right? Just beautiful. So. Jackie, what do you believe you still need to learn? In property. Oh, did we lose one? In property investing. Yeah. 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 Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yeah, we can now. (laughs) Now we can, yeah. I think that, yeah, there's definitely a lot to learn. I would say that the first, um, well, first of all, I probably don't know what I need to learn because it's a lesson that I still need to, to, you know, to get like, <laughs> yeah. um, like it's, it's coming. There'll be that time when I'll realize, oh, uh-huh. I know. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it's something that is out there. When I see it, I will know this is what I needed to know all along. Oh my God. Why <laughs> that that is know. so profound actually. Yeah. 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 But in addition, I think what I, what some, one of the things that I, I'm also passionate about is, but it's just improving the lot of, of ourselves as a continent, as, you know, mm. nations. is yeah. yeah. thinking bigger. is thinking beyond, yeah. thinking beyond, you know, the current financial systems that exist. And, yeah. and seeking to change them, seeking to 
just yeah. transform them. The truth is, yeah. you know, sometimes you 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 know the, the West and and can be very capitalist and all that. Um, and of course, there's good things and there's also negative things that come from that. But mm. there's still a bit of that you know comes with um, having systems that do work, having systems that make credit readily available. So I think for me, it's that whole what I what I still need to learn is how to probably bring in those partners that would be able to facilitate like just change on a larger scale beyond mm. beyond this one country i mean probably starting with this one country but really across the continent so that what you're seeing yes. is people who are more empowered right people who are able to put that roof over their head and yeah yeah and self-sustained mm. right I, I, yeah you there i'm so with you there yeah then you will not need to have africans leaving their continent in droves. amen you will not have um a crime as as as, as the biggest problem that we have you know we'll be solving yeah. other problems when you have empowered people with knowledge like that love that love that very much thank you thank you yeah. what what podcast or youtube video um do you stay with um that you yeah please and a master class <laughs> that a resource that you 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 stay with that you could recommend to our to our uh, podcast listeners because this is where some people find the first book that they are going to read what what is that yeah. resource that you want to share okay well great thanks thanks for that you know what i did find is probably on the continent there's not as much resource out there mm -hmm. specifically geared to our continent and like you said a lot of times you see resources from the west um yeah. i know you mentioned bigger pockets and i think that's one that i, I yes. definitely subscribe to for sure i love yeah. that uh you know what they will send out uh and i think one thing i also want to well open people to do and with your permission <laughs> me is to invite yes. you know guys to check out the masterclass that I did on real estate, and what I'm going to do is create a, a special URL just for your listeners so that we oh, can wow. see it. Oh yeah, yes, please. Oh, yes. That'd be awesome. Great. So that you can actually go to realestateempirenow.com forward slash property magicians. Okay. Oh wow, real estate empire.com forward slash empire. property magicians yes real estate empire now actually oh real estate empire, empire now, now. Okay. Com. oh my god property magicians yes Ooh, so I'll send you guys there help. to check out my master class uh-huh i love that and thank that's you that's so much we said in year two we are going to build empires and yeah we are here this is just we, we have a whole intention that we set in episode 52 jackie where we were like we want more uh, more women on the podcast more women from all over the continent on the podcast and we're all about monetizing this podcast in year two so we're so excited awesome. <laughs> so you just set us up like you have no idea we've got 52 weeks in a in a in a year and there are 54 yeah. african countries so why can't four yeah. countries represented on this podcast in year two? exactly that's amazing i love that 
<laughs> you know, we really, because like you said, there aren't any resources. Like I know very, like many people will be like, what? You have to pay a year in advance for rent in Nigeria and Ghana because yeah. we don't know what's happening. What are the cool real estate trends that are happening in other African countries? We've been mm -hmm. lucky enough to learn about Lesotho, to learn about Zambia. Now we've and learned a little about Kenya and Nigeria. We've learned about Suriname. But this is like eye-opening, you know, what we're learning is eye-opening and what we're hoping is that there will be a cross-cultural learning that yeah. sparks all sorts of creativity in the real estate industry in Africa from this podcast and that other yeah. people will go and start other podcasts just for their countries and we'll be able to collaborate with them. That That's our dream, you know? That, wow. yeah, this is going to be amazing. It will be that resource that people are like, I want to invest in Africa. Let me go and find out more about all the African countries, different African countries. That would be so exciting. Uh, that's amazing. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that and just, yeah, participating in that as well. Yeah. So, Jackie, how do people... Sorry, Misa. What do you... I was going to say, how do people get a hold of you, Jackie? How do they contact you? Well, um, you can find me through my website, JackieNsuma.com, right? Mm -hmm. Just, um, you know, hit me up there. You, there's a, you click on the, on the link and just contact me if you'd like. For that you're, you're interested to, to chat more about. I'm super happy to chat more yeah. with you. When it comes to the property aspect, I would say for sure, a starting point is check out the masterclass because then that gives you, it really just outlines a little bit of what we have. It gives you now the numbers of what we've discussed today and some yeah. of the case studies, right? Of some of yeah. the clients we have, Put in a, putting a name and a face in there and you know figures of what people are, have just been able to, to make. But even more than that is, is just really connecting to what is your vision for your journey mm -hmm. and and how you can really be able to to get going um and really not not wait even another day you know yeah you're doing amazing stuff thanks so much for like facilitating this discussion i think you've, <laughs> you've also inspired me to Wow, lots man. of people out there do not know what we, you know, what's on the ground, and so being able to send yeah. this out and yeah. network more, yeah, is, is really in the like, books. Yeah, I'm excited. Wow, I'm, I'm, I'm really so am I. Yeah, yeah, so Jackie, thank you so much for accepting the invite and for just doing this for every, yeah. every brown woman and man that's listening to this podcast and just yeah. the broad possibilities that are there. When we started this podcast, we were just yeah. using it as we want to be the information resource. And you've just yeah. opened up exactly, you know, you've opened yes. up our year to in exactly the way that we wanted to open it. So thank you for honoring us. Absolutely. Yeah. Most welcome. Thank you for having me. It's been such yes. a great conversation. So yeah. lovely to meet you both again for you, Vangela, and now for the first time for you, Misa. I look forward yeah. to many more discussions. <laughs> oh, yeah. So do yeah. we. Thank you so much, Misa. Thank you so much, Jackie. And thank you, Property Magicians, for tuning in. Awesome. <laughs>
We'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening, Property Magicians. My name is Vangile Makwakwa, and I am your host on the show. I help people heal their ancestral money stories so that they can fall in love with their bank accounts, become financially free, and live their best lives. So if you would love to increase your income, or you'd love to pay off your debts and increase your savings, contact me. You can contact me on the Wealthy Money website at wealthy-money.com. Again, wealthy-money.com. Or you can email me at vangile at wealthy-money.com. Again, vangile at wealthy-money.com. Find me on Facebook on the Wealthy Money group or on the Wealthy Money page or find me on Twitter and Instagram as vangile makwakwa. Now over to my co-host. Thank you for listening. I am Dr. Miranda Prop Doc, Doc Mum on all the social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm the host of Property Magicians Podcast and I'm a property mentor. I mentor newbie property investors to help them to begin and to take action. Your journey into property investment begins with me from property registration, from property company registration to picking the correct strategy that suits where you are at. Find me on my inbox at miranda at wealthy-money.com. Again, inbox me at miranda at wealthy-money.com if you want me to help you start your property journey.